Okay, so before uh, we begin our meeting, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about earthing. And it's utilizing a powerful natural healing energy that's available to all of us. I first became aware of earthing that was in uh, 2014. I was at the American Academy of uh, Integrative Medicine meeting. And one of the speakers was uh, Dr. Stephen Sinatra. Dr. Stephen Sinatra is an alternative uh, cardiologist. He's published a couple of books. He currently lives in Florida and I had the pleasure of uh, making his acquaintance. But he began his talk at the meeting, and mind you, there were close to a thousand people at the meeting. He says, the greatest discovery in my life as an alternative doctor uh, was earthing. And he says, this is so important that he gave everybody in attendance at the meeting a copy of his book called Earthing. So if you haven't read the book, uh, definitely get a copy of it and read it. But I'm going to summarize uh, the content in the book and this help educate me on earthing in addition to uh, talking to Dr. Stephen Sinatra. He was a guest on my radio show a couple of times, and I believe in the podcast archives. If you go to Chondroit Podcast, there may be a recording. So the earth is a six, six trillion ton battery. And it has a powerful electrical charge. Uh, lightning strikes kind of energize the earth. And the earth has a pulse. Schumann uh, calculated this frequency to be about 7.83 Hertz. And interestingly, the human brain also has uh, frequencies of its own, and many of you are aware of that, the alpha frequency, beta, gamma, and delta. And we, when we are in a relaxed state, this frequency falls between 7.5 and 14. So is this a coincidence? So the resonance of the earth kind of resonates uh, with our body. Now, here's an interesting fact. Since 1967, uh, when we began recording um, medical publications on inflammation, there has been a dramatic increase in the number of articles published on inflammation. And I think we can all agree that inflammation is one of the primary causes of all disease. If we can reduce inflammation, we would cor correct a lot of our physical abnormalities, especially eye problems. And you know, when we're using microcurrent in light therapy, we're reducing inflammation. So inflammation is a cause of your macular degeneration, uh, your glaucoma, and your cataracts. Now, something interesting occurred in the 40s, right around World War II. We went from using leather-soled shoes to rubber-soled shoes. Now, why am I telling you this? Well. Leather is uh, a conductive material. If you're walking around with leather shoes, you're being grounded to the earth. If you're wearing rubber-soled shoes, you're not being grounded. So essentially, 
our entire society went from being grounded, uh, walking, connected to the earth, that Schumann frequency, the electromagnetic energy of the earth, to being ungrounded. So many of us live our entire life not being grounded to the earth. And if you want more information, and I'll be sending all of you a copy of this, uh, theearthinginstitute.net. Uh, this gives a lot of information on how you can become grounded to the earth. Now, what are the benefits of grounding? Well, improved circulation, calming of the nervous system, uh, normalization of cortisol. And, uh, you know, under stress, we have cortisol imbalances. Also, we have better sleep. Better sleep is essential for our body to regenerate and reduced inflammation. Unfortunately, right around the time that we began to use rubber-soled shoes, there's been a proliferation of dirty electricity. And I'm talking about um, our good old friends, the cell phone. I'm talking about computers. I'm talking about microwaves. We are being bombarded by dirty electricity. If you could see that dirty electricity, it would be almost like we're living in an electromagnetic soup where all these waves are just going, bouncing all around of us. This became really apparent to me when I was doing research on microcurrent. Ning Wu, uh, the brilliant electrical engineer, had hooked up an oscilloscope to my chest, and he was sending in different microcurrent uh, signals. Uh, so we were testing the different signals that you're using right now. So if he would send in a certain frequency into my body, we would record it on the oscilloscope to make sure that it was actually being conducted in my body. So he disconnected the microcurrent machine and there was a beep on the oscilloscope, you know, a pattern. And I said to Ning, oh, that must be my heart rate. He said, no, that's not your heart rate. You're picking up the electromagnetic frequencies in the circuitry in the room, um, which I was kind of shocked. I mean, how could that be? But anytime electricity throws, flows through a wire, it produces an electromagnetic wave. So um, if you have an electrical appliance that is being run in your home, you're subjected to this dirty electricity. Uh, and of course, more and more people are becoming uh, sensitive to this dirty electricity. But the point I'm trying to make is this dirty electricity is uh, drowning out the noise of uh, the Schumann frequencies. It's destroying the Schumann frequencies. So we're becoming more and more disconnected uh, from the earth. So how many of you have had a vacation on the beach? Well, it's wonderful. And one of the reasons why it's wonderful, besides being on vacation and maybe not working and relaxing, you are being grounded to the earth. So when your feet touch that salt water, you are being grounded to the vast ocean. It's a tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, grounding ability. So that uh, you don't have to be on the ocean. You can just simply walk uh, barefooted. Also, 
if you do have a concrete floor in your home or ceramic, for some reason that has a grounding ability because in concrete, they put rebar uh, rods in and it is sunk into the ground. So you are grounded. But if you have a wooden floor or carpeting, you're not grounded. Now, the way to get around that is that all homes have a grounding in the socket. So uh, these earthing companies, they have developed different products where you can use the uh, uh, grounding adapter on your circuit to help you develop a device um, to ground yourself. And these are the steps. Step number one is you check your wall, wall outlet. And most of you, they have an electrical system where you do have a ground. And then there's a safety adapter which goes in. And that is connected to a grounding device. And there's several on the market. Um, uh, my wife and I, we have this uh, sleep pad, uh, which we sleep on that that helps ground us. And there's also a grounding pillow. And my favorite is a computer mat. So, you know, when I'm doing work on the computer, I'm in my bare feet and they're sitting on this uh, grounding mat. So this is the book. Uh, it's available online. And there are hundreds of case reports in this book and a lot of scientific studies. Um, I don't want to really go into, but he does report on two eye conditions, uh, one with uh, diabetic eye disease, uh, one with glaucoma, and also a case of a corneal transplant rejection being reversed with earthing. So what I'm going to ask those of you that um, if you haven't done grounding, uh, if you do have macular degeneration, maybe begin a course of grounding. You don't have to buy it at, uh, you know, a mat, a grounding mat, but just experiment taking a walk outside with your, with your bare feet. Of course, winter's coming, so I don't advise you walking outside when it's snow on the ground. That's gonna be, you'll end up getting some frostbite. Uh, but experiment with grounding. And also, I'm going to ask those of you that have glaucoma, I do believe that grounding can help lower the intraocular pressure. Um, so those of you that are suffering from, from grounding or not from, from glaucoma, maybe begin to do some grounding to see if that helps your intraocular pressure. Also, the Schumann frequencies are in your microcurrent machines. So when you're doing your eye program, you are receiving uh, the Schumann frequencies. I have those in your uh, protocols. Um, also, I believe that grounding in combination with the microcurrent uh, may produce a more uh, significant effect because your body is being grounded. So that would cause some benefit. All right, so that's, um, I'm going to unmute everybody. Let's see here.
Okay, I'm open for questions. Uh, uh, let's begin first, if anyone has any questions on earthing, and then we'll go into just general oh. questions. I see somebody raises their hand there. Uh, Debbie, uh, you can unmute yourself. Yes, I think I'm unmuted. Can you hear me? Yep, I hear you fine now. Okay. Um, yeah, I just thought it's ironic that you mentioned the grounding because I've done a lot of reading on it and listening on YouTube. And I bought uh, about two weeks ago a, um, it's called anti-aging mattress cover, co cover, but it's actually, it's a grounding and you put it on your, on top of your mattress and then you should wear like hundred percent cotton pajamas, uh, cotton sheets. And I started using that about two weeks ago. I know I haven't seen any changes yet, but um, it's supposed to be very good for grounding. And so you're sleeping on it all night. And then I have, the, I also bought the pillow that's um, grounding. But, now, do, um, you have a, do you have a testing device? Yes, it okay. came with a testing device. Yeah, it's really critical yeah. that you do make certain, some of the old circuitry, they don't have a ground. So if you're plugging it in, you don't have any effect. But I do think right. the best way, the best way of grounding is walking barefoot because we have thousands of sensitive nerve fibers in our feet and walking barefoot on the earth is the way to really get that powerful electrical charge. You know, when you plug in something in the socket, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to work, but it doesn't have the the power that it does. You know, when you're touching the earth, but keep us. Posted. I don't know if this this is. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, keep us posted on uh, any changes that you might. See. Yeah, yeah, I will. I'm I'm anxious to see if there's any changes. Should I ask you now or later? I I had gotten a email from your staff, but I um, I had a question about talking to you. Maybe um, let's uh, first get all the questions out of the way. Yeah, sure. The yep, on the grounding. Yeah, and then we'll get back to just general questions. Okay, Carol has her hand Hello. up. Hi, Carol. Yes. Hello. Um, I was wondering about the dirty electricity or the grounding. If um the device is in uh, upstairs or in a different location from where you're located how far does it affect you the uh, um, that, the dirty that, electricity uh that depends on the intensity of the current the stronger the current um i do advise you know when we're sleeping at night those of you that have trouble sleeping at night you know, you, your room should be uh, electrically neutral. You know, turn off all your appliances. So if you have an electric clock running, the current is running through that clock. Also your Wi-Fi, you know, all of us have Wi-Fi at home, you know, 5G now, and that is sending frequency. So you may wanna have, uh, you know, turn off your Wi-Fi at night. And certainly don't sleep with your iPhone right next to you. So you can do take some precautions. Uh, I have an interesting story. The first time in my life that I was truly electric, electromagnetically free when I was hiking in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> the bottom of the Grand Canyon, there's no dirty electricity because you are a mile down in the earth. 
and uh, cell phones don't work. Even sat phones don't work down there. You're not getting any radio frequency. So I had one of my, the most restful nights of my life sleeping at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. But of course, you don't have to go to that extreme to get a good night's sleep, but you can do some things. Uh, there's also some uh, ways, they, they call them Faraday cages, where you use some type of metal to block out all the electromagnetic energy, uh, the dirty electricity. So um, that's another method. Any other questions on grounding? Yes, I have a question. Do salt lamps in the house, do they help reduce the um, this dirty electricity, please? I don't have that much experience with them, uh, but the salt in general will absorb some of the dirty electricity. Uh, a couple of my friends have salt rooms. Alternative doctors have salt rooms. And I do feel that um, that will reduce the electromagnetic, the dirty electricity. Thank you. Also some crystals. Um, you know, a lot of people believe in crystals, quartz crystals, things like that. Well, that's essentially a, a resonant device of the earth. So that can help uh, shield you from dirty electricity too. Let's see, I'm gonna to go to chat. I'm trying to find my chat here. Oh, here, I don't wanna miss questions. Oh, they wanted to know what companies I recommend. I would just go to that website. Uh, that's the one that Dr. Steven Sinatra, I think he has a financial interest in it, but the, the products are pretty good. I think whatever product you buy, make sure you get a tester with it. So you actually test the grounding to make sure that you are indeed are being grounded because it would be, um, wouldn't, wouldn't be, you wouldn't have any benefit at all if you're just, your feet are on a mat that has no ground at all. You can also type uh, your question in the chat if you want. Uh, Dr. Is, oh, go ahead. Uh, yes, who's, who's speaking? I... Uh, this is Mark. Mark. Hi, Mark, how are you? Good. Uh, I have a, um, just some observations, I guess, about the grounding. It's not the same as earthing. If, if you take the, uh, the ground system in your house and you hook it up to an oscilloscope, you'll see all kinds of frequencies and things buzzing around on it. And I, I'm always hesitant to, to use these grounding mats because I'm pumping all that into my body. Uh, and like you said, if you walk on green grass, it's totally different. If you walk on the beach, it's totally different. But uh, the grounding system in a normal house acts as a big antenna. Right, you're right. And you're right. It does act as an antenna depending on your electrical system. So you are, I agree with you 100%. So I know that in, in the little adapter, they have a capacitor which, which attempts to block out a lot of those frequencies, but they do come through. So I'm just saying it, it, it probably still works, but it's not as good as walking on grass or something like that. And the other observation I had is with the Schumann frequency is they sell 
if you go online, you can see a lot of these generators they sell. And the problem I have with them is that they're not synchronized with the Earth's 7.83 Hertz. And so you, you're broadcasting an artificial unsynchronized uh, frequency and it, it's, it's conflicting with the Earth's frequency. And I, I don't know how good that would be for you. Well, the Schumann frequency isn't exactly uh, one frequency. There's a variation with the Schumann frequency. So it's not like it's 7.3 or 7.38 or 7.4. It, it varies. And there's been some articles that say that it's evolving over time because the polarity of the Earth is changing too. Mm. But I do agree 100% with you that um, uh, the best way to have the grounding effect is walking on the earth. And the other, the other uh, concern I have, I guess it's, it's probably not a very rational concern, but it's when you ground uh, to the electrical system, if any appliance has a short, <laughs> that's gonna go through you too. Because if, if an appliance shorts to ground, that's how it, that's how it uh, dissipates the, the electricity. And if you're connected to that ground at that time, it's possible to receive a shock if that little uh, adapter device can't handle it. Uh, that's true, but usually the current will go directly to the earth, to the main grounding source. It's not going to go to a peripheral. Electricity is lazy. It goes to the point of least resistance, which is you know, the main ground. Right, but, but it's, a, it's, it's a resistance network, and so part of it does go everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. Uh, I think, uh, Janai, you had a question? I do. Can you hear me? Yep, I hear you. So um, I do, I, I really do see a difference, but, but for the last like, two months, I've been grounding every day. Um, and I don't know if it's enough time, maybe between meetings I'll run out, but I have to get out and put my feet in the grass. And I just stand there. Um, and I'm really concerned about winter because I enjoy it very much. And I, with my tonometer, I think I can see, I, I know I can see that my pressures are better. Most of the time they're better. And I think that there's a change over time where I'm seeing them doing more consistently better. But then every now and then, because I, um, I do the Bates method at the same time where I just close my eyes and I'm, you know, you know, looking at this or facing myself towards the sun, sometimes I get a stimulation from that, that my pressures go up, but then they come back down. Anyway, I just want to know, that's a long way to say, I appreciate grounding very much. Um, and hopefully I can see, um, I want to see long-term impacts to pressure. Uh, but in the winter time, I was planning on just standing in my garage because it's cement. Now, would that have the same impact as me standing daily in the grass, at least for the grounding purposes? Well, it's probably not gonna be as significant as standing on the bare earth, but concrete does have a grounding capacity, you know, with the rebar rods in the concrete. So you may want to just experiment and see if there's a difference. Okay. 
and also uh, play around with the grinding mats. I think, there's a, I think there's a time element. So if I have my feet on a grinding mat for, you know, five hours, maybe it's equivalent to walking 20 minutes with barefoot on the earth, on, on grass. So. And you're going to put that information on um, where to get that somewhere. Yeah, you can go to Amazon and just search. There's a couple of companies that come up. Okay. Uh, the big one. And also I'd recommend you, you, you get the book earthing. There's a lot of good information in there. They go into a lot of more scientific studies and in detail about that. Uh, but I'll be sending you a recording of this, of the talk with the links that I uh, have on my presentation. Great. Thank you. Okay, look, uh, Terry, uh, you have a question? Yep, I just wanted to share, um, because you haven't mentioned this yet, but I'm very sensitive to the earth and um, the, the magnetics and the electricity that comes from that. So I'm outside a lot in my bare feet. I just, we just took a vacation. We were at the beach for a week and I was just walking on the beach. And so it was very grounding, felt really good. Um, a few years ago, my area was hit with a hurricane and we didn't have electricity for a week. And I noticed a huge, huge difference with absolutely no electricity in the entire area. Um, the, it was so calm and peaceful when I was getting like the best night's sleep that I ever got. So I started searching into ways to be able to, to mitigate that the effects of that electricity because I hadn't really realized the effect that the huge effect that it had on me. Um, so I, I found shungite. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. It's a natural occurring substance. They make little patches that you can put on your, we, I've got it on my meter, electrical meter. I've got it on the cell phones, on the computers, on all the electrical devices. And the shungite is a naturally occurring substance and it just balances that energy so that it's not detrimental, so that it doesn't it doesn't affect us the way the dirty energy does. It feels completely different. It just feels completely neutral. Um, so I just wanted to say I've used that. I've had great results with it. And um, just just wanted to offer that. Yeah, I, don't I have know if a, you, a lot, of, you know, I have a lot of patients have uh, shared that with me, you know, different devices, crystals to try to reduce the unwanted uh, electromagnetic or dirty electricity. So whatever works for you. There's a question here on the brain channel on the microcurrent machine. Uh, we do have brain frequencies for the male brain and the female. I don't think there's any detrimental effect if a female uses the male frequency. Uh, that's just one frequency out of a series of about 20 or 30. So it may have a little bit more specific effect, but I really haven't seen uh, that much of a difference to answer that question on the chat. Okay, if there's no other questions uh, regarding earthing, please um, uh, keep us posted at the meeting or email me directly uh, so we can 
you know, because as you have benefits or see success, then we can begin to share them with the group and I can begin to share them with other patients. But I do think the bottom line at earthing can be a very powerful um, uh, treatment modality in some people. Okay, so let me open it up now to just uh, general questions. Debbie, you had a general question. Okay, can you hear me now? Yep, you're coming through. Okay. Um, I had gotten an email just a couple of days ago uh, from your staff and said that you had reviewed my records <clears throat> and you were advising against cataract surgery at this time. <clears throat> you, um, you said there's a decrease in my vision that I'm experiencing is due to macular degeneration and not the cataract. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm caught between a rock and a hard, hard spot. I don't know what to do at this point uh, because my vision has gotten worse. And um, when I saw the optometrist uh, just two, a week ago, two weeks ago, he's the one, um, he, he did give me a little bit better correction with contacts, but um, he, he, he said, you know, cataracts he said i sooner than later he recommended having it done but um my gut feeling is what you said that that sort of resonated with me to to go yeah, well, what you're often, saying often it's a difficult decision for an eye surgeon um you have two problems going on and many of many of you out there do you have cataracts and glaucoma cataracts and macular degeneration the bottom line is in many cases, the cataracts are not the main problem. And of course, right. the eye surgeon wants to help you. Yeah, removing the cataract may improve your vision 5 to 10%, but is it worth the uh, downside of aggravating or making the macular degeneration worse or making the glaucoma worse? In some situations, you know, where the cataract is extremely advanced, then there's no question. You have to have it done. I have a feeling that they're not really, I, I know I have them. I'm not saying I don't have them, but I don't think they're that bad. Um, my gut feeling is that, you know, um, it's the macular degeneration more so than the cataracts. But would what would be the done, the, the negative side of getting the cataracts removed? Well, I believe that energetically, after cataract surgery, it can make the macular degeneration worse. You said and it can make it, it worse. It can make it worse. Just the shock of the surgery put you know, more inflammation in the eye. Um, okay. Also, you know, cataract surgery is almost, is rarely an emergency. You can always get the cataracts removed. You know, when I do mission work in Africa, I see patients that are totally blind from a cataract. You know, they can't see even motion. They can barely see wow. light. And the surgery wow. is very successful. So there's, it's, it, it's never a case where the cataract is too advanced and, you know, you can't have it done. Um, you know, eye, surgeons, so, you, so, like, eye surgeons like to operate when the cataract is at an early stage because the operation is easier. It's easier. So your advice would be... 
Oh. It, it's easier sure. for them, but is it more beneficial to the patient? Right, exactly. Yeah, and so you're, you're, you're saying it might be better to wait. Yeah, wait, you know, it's never an emergency. You can always get the cataracts done. Okay. Yeah, I just don't want to lose my vision. That's all. I, I, um... well, you're not, you're not going to lose your vision if the cataracts grow to the point where you have a marked reduction in vision, then removing the cataracts will help. It's not like, right. oh, if I wait too long, uh, they can't remove the cataract. That's not true. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I've only been on your program since like August 21st, 22nd, around there. I mean, started the microcurrent therapy, all of that. And I've been very um, disciplined. I haven't missed a day with the microcurrent, even going out of town. I took it with me. Um, so, you know, I guess I'm just a little frustrated because I'm not seeing improvement in the macular degeneration. It's just, you know, well, slow, I don't know what else. Slow and steady wins the race. Okay. <laughs> so hang in there, right? Now, do you feel that your vision is getting worse or it's stable? Yes. No, I think it's getting worse. Definitely. Now, then we have to look at things. You know, why is it getting worse? We may want to change your homeopathic remedy, maybe change some of the frequencies. Uh, maybe you have to address, um, you know, toxins in your body, um, you know, get started on chelation for, you know, elevated lead uh, because elevated yeah, that, that came. Yeah, that came back. It wasn't that very high at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I just got the new homeopathic, this, the second one, the, mm -hmm. so. Let's see if that, should I just, change. yeah, start that. Okay. If it doesn't, uh, let us know in the office and we might, may want to change your remedy or change uh, uh, one, one or more of your frequencies on your microcurrent machine. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah, I left a message uh, last Thursday that whether I could talk to you just to figure out what to do next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just start the second homeopathic remedy. If I don't see a change, then... Give it a couple of weeks to a month and then let us know. Okay. I appreciate it. Okay. Other questions? Dr. Condor, this is Betty. Uh, hi, Betty. How are you? Hi. Just a quick question on the microcurrent using the uh, the number one, the, the eye treatment, cataract treatment. Um, you, I just want to reiterate what I thought you might have said a couple of weeks ago. Not, maybe you didn't say it, but just want to clarify it. Is there uh, any value in just holding uh, the... Um, gloves in your hand, you know, wrapped in the um, washcloths, um, you know, maybe once out of three times a week, um, not putting the, the uh, glove over your eye in the back of your neck, but, but holding them in your hand. Do you still get some minor benefit? Oh, yeah. Um, the, the frequencies are still going to be resonating into your body. Okay. Uh, I think you get a greater effect uh when it's directly over your eye right right and theoretically you can do the eye program by holding the gloves in your hand okay i think you get as much benefit as when it's okay. directly over the eye right right okay 
but I would caution you not to do your eye program and then later on in the day, do the eye program withholding it. I still right. think that you should only do the microcurrent once a day. Once a day, yeah, yeah, I do that, I do. Okay, okay, appreciate it. Okay, there's a question here for light therapy. Can a regular incandescent light bulb be used? And yes, I. that's what I recommend, a incandescent light bulb. And can it be clear or does it have to be frosted? I prefer a frosted incandescent light bulb. But you can use a clear. I mean, a photon is a photon coming from a light bulb. Although I don't like the LED lights uh, because they do have, where um, the compact fluorescent lights, because they do have an electromagnetic frequency that's generated. Um, I have a device, uh, in fact, one of these meetings, I'll give you a demonstration. I have a device that measures um, uh, dirty electricity uh, coming from uh, light bulbs. And uh, we used to do this in the office for our patients. I used to hold this device by a uh, fluorescent light or a compact fluorescent light. And it was, you know, the noise was unbelievable. And then you hold it by an incandescent light and it's just a very, very quiet hum. And we would test uh, uh, cell phones, the light from a cell phone. We would test computers in the office and it was really eye-opening for all the patients to really understand that there's you know dirty electricity coming from light too so avoid the compact fluorescent lights avoid fluorescent lights ideally you want to use an incandescent light bulb uh, for your light therapy There's a question here. Can the detox begin with just detoximin? I'm waiting for ocular detox and minerals to arrive. And the answer is yes. Uh, you can begin detox just with detoximine. And for those of you that may not be familiar with the detoximine, that's a rectal suppository that administers EDTA. And maybe during one of the next, uh, one of our next meetings, I should talk about chelation and uh, detoxifying the body, because I do think that's a very important step. That, you know, I always say that if your body's under stress, it has a difficult time to heal. Likewise, uh, if your body is loaded with heavy metals, it has a difficult time to heal too. <clears throat> that's going to retard the uh, healing process of the body and interfere with the microcurrent therapy. I just got two quick questions. Yep, go ahead. I stepped in at the last few words of my chat question about the brain channel being applicable to male and female brain. Did I hear you say that there is no difference? There is a subtle difference. We have specific frequencies for the male brain and the female brain. Okay, good, thank you. And, and then secondly, um, 
eye drops. They're, they were not specifically um, listed for my program, my cataract uh, program, but I have a bottle of it from prior purchase. Shall I use it? Shall I not use it? What's your recommendation for the eye drop? What eye drop are you talking about? Um, I'm not going to get it. It's ocular support. I can go get it just to read it to you. We have yeah. the Oculumed eye drop. That's the yeah. one that I, I mean, read. Yeah, that's probably it. I mean, the eye drops are from, from your, your, your uh, program. It's the, is it called Oculumed? That's the eye drop I recommend for cataracts. It's actually yes. a nutritional drop that has um, um, glutathione precursors, uh, yeah. uh, ascorbic acid, and, and that type of thing in there. That's the one I recommend. Yeah. So my question is, um, when I got set up for my eye program, that was not included. And I use it anyway, or the reason. Uh, probably, I probably I didn't feel that your cataract was that significant. You know, okay. everybody, everybody over the age of fifty has early cataracts. Yeah, it's okay. And so, usually, when I evaluate your your chart or your eye records, I'm focused on the particular problem that um, uh, is reducing your vision or is of concern. I mean, I'm, okay, you, you could you could use the Oculumed drops, but it may not be necessary if you have just early cataracts. I mean, I have, I'm 72 and I have early cataracts and, you know, I'm not using the Oclamet. I don't think it's necessary. I'd rather look at, you know, good, good nutrition, good diet, eating well, keeping hydrated, reducing stress, that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Look, Janai, you have another question. Your hand's up. Yes, I do. Um, so unfortunately for me, um, medication, I'm not really big on it anyway, but um, I really would like it to work for pressure in the eyes, but it's, it is part of what got me here in this place where I had a, an iridotomy and I had never taken any pressure medicine before because I had like pigment that was falling and causing the pressure. And so they thought it was a great idea to do that. And ever since then, the medication not working caused my fluids to really stop flowing, especially in my right eye. And because of that, medication doesn't really work. I mean, it works sometimes, but it's hit or miss. So one of the things, it's frightening. It's like, a, it's a pretty frightening thing, but I have a tonometer so I can see if it's, it, I put something in my eye and it just doesn't work. Um, but what I've done, I try to do my light therapy. I do my light therapy every day. But when you, when you, sh when medication should be working and it's not, and your pressure is going high, you have nothing else to do. So I run to the light. I don't. I've never done it more than twice. It doesn't happen a lot in a week. But if the pressure is too high, and I, um, I will look at the light again. What? kind of problems is this causing if I've done therapy two times in a day? So that's something that I thought it actually happened today where my pressures were like 
normal. I had to put a drop of medication in my eye. It didn't do anything past three hours and shot up to 33. And then I went right to the light for the second time. And it, it came down after a little while. Well, in your, in your particular case, generally speaking, I only recommend patients doing the light therapy once a day because we're treating a chronic, you know, long-term problem. In your situation, it's more acute. You're having these episodes. So in your case, you could do it more frequently than once a day. So when your pressure goes up, do the light therapy. You could even do the light therapy four or five times a day. I don't think it's going to have any um, negative effect. That's good to know because um, I wasn't sure. You know, I heard you mention something about the brain, and you know, it's probably better than you know. But it sounds like that's for the general audience. But for challenging times, it's okay. Well, you're to treating you're treating the elevation of the pressure, and light right. therapy can. Uh, lower the pressure rather quickly. The I other thing you like may want to do. The other thing you may want to do is, you know, you're taking your homeopathic remedy, and you take one <laughs> teaspoon. Well, save it, and when your pressure's up, take another teaspoon. So keep your homeopathic remedy in the refrigerator with your teaspoon. So when your pressure's up, take another dose of the homeopathic remedy. That's great. Great news that there's so, another. So, so try that. But whatever you do, don't, you know, succuss the bottle and start all over again because that increases the energy. In other words, you have a certain level of energy. You can repeat it during the day. Got it. So that prepared energy is going to be consistent for that day right. if I need it. Mm -hmm. I will definitely do that. And my hopes are that the this situation, what I wish is that I was like normal and, you know, medication just works for people, but, and then I do my electro um, or my uh, microcurrent and my light, and then I can see things get better and better and better, but it's like, I feel like my, not with the medication not really working with it, not being in complete control, I'm going up and down and I don't know if I'm just evening out, I want to get better. So I'm hoping that if I keep doing this, it's now been since really consistently July of uh, everything every day. Um, but I just hope that it's not, I'm not just neutralizing what I'm doing or go going worse and worse. I'll find out soon when I go to the doctor, but I, I just, I'm hoping to be better. I want to, I want to, my results to be better. Yeah, well, keep us posted with your results from the eye doctor. I sure will. Okay, thanks. Carol, you got your hand up? Yes, I do. I don't know how to get my little hand up, so I've got my big hand up. <laughs> I don't uh -huh. know how that works. Uh, well, you know what? Either hand will work, but there's a little, um, they call it a hamburger, the three little dots at the bottom of your screen. Oh, okay. Click I'll, that. I'll try, to, I'll try to find that. Um, I have the optic neuropathy, and about two and a half months ago, I had some uh, improvement, but nothing has changed since then. I was just listening to this lady and wondering if taking the um, remedy twice a day would maybe be helpful for me. You might want to change the remedy from one, one remedy to the second remedy, and I'm doing that one. Uh, generally speaking, I don't like people to take the remedy twice a day 
But in some situations, you can take it even three or four times a day. Uh, but I don't want you to succuss. So when you make your homeopathic remedy, when you make your homeopathic remedy and it's in the glass and you have your uh, couple ounces of water, take a uh -huh. teaspoon, keep it in the refrigerator, and if you feel an aggravation, maybe take it again. I don't feel anything. I just my it, my optic neuropathy doesn't seem to be changing anymore. Well, you know, you're, you're point, dealing, should you're I dealing, do anything else? You're dealing with a, a, a chronic long-term problem. Mm -hmm. So slow and steady wins the race. Uh, okay. So it's it's long-term therapy to help, you know, improve your so, vision and reverse this. So would you advise me to take this it is a second time or not to? I would not because you're okay. dealing, you know, Janaya has a different situation where she has an elevation right. of pressure. Now, in your situation, if you would feel like you have an aggravation of the optic neuritis, you no, know, the thing's so. dropping down or you have some pain, then take the remedy. But taking the remedy two or three times a day is not going to accelerate the healing process. We only want you to take the remedy. And of course, if, if you're, we're not having any benefit from the remedy after three months or so, then we may want to change the remedy. But generally speaking, I don't like to change the remedy frequently. I like to give it time because yeah, we, uh, it, we changed it about a month ago. Yeah, so I would give it another. I would give it another two months. The okay. only time I want to change it is if you get an aggravation. If you begin taking the remedy and you develop a new symptom that you never had before, or certainly if your vision gets worse, mm -hmm. then I want you to stop the remedy and we got to look at changing it. Okay. I, I haven't had any worse symptoms or anything, so mm -hmm. I will stop. I, I won't take it twice, just once. Okay. Thank you. And that's, that's for all of you. You know, if you, if you feel you're having an aggravation, you can repeat the homeopathic remedy. That don't take it more than once a day as a rule. That, that could cause it a problem because the, the homeopathic remedy is pushing your body very gently to heal. It's pushing your body. We don't want to push it so hard that you fall down. So there's another question here about talking more about nutrition, diet, and food. I would highly recommend that you read the first chapter of my book. It's the longest chapter, and I think it's the most important. Uh, so if you haven't read my book, that goes into detail uh, about nutrition. And I do think you have a question here about sugar. I do think sugar is a poison and should be almost eliminated from our diet. But honey, I think is fine in, in moderation. Honey is fine. Dr. Condit, can we get your book or do you have your book about the, the, 20, uh, the 20 alternative docs? I've forgotten the name of it, but it's- Yeah, um, that's, um, that's a great book. I interviewed 20 of the top alternative doctors and they gave their secrets to healing and regeneration. I think uh, you might want to call the office or I think you can order that on Amazon. Okay, okay. But, but you think you might also have some copies as well? I think we do in the office. You could give the office a call. Okay. Okay. Appreciate it. And Debbie, I think your hand was up. Yes. I just had another question on the microcurrent. Like I do 
the microcurrent every day for the eyes. Can you do another program along with that in one day, like the stress? Oh the, yeah, the twenty minute where. You, okay. Definitely. In okay. fact, you can do this. You can do the stress program four or five times a day. Oh wow! Okay. It's the eye program. I don't want you to use more than once a day, but the stress you can. Okay. I'm sure. In fact, okay. I had I had one uh, patient years ago uh, that she was so stressed out. What I did was I made the stress program last for eight hours. <laughs> so oh. she carried the the machine around with her. It was running constantly. Wow. Oh my goodness. So wow. the stress program can be a great, a great program. And, and sometimes yeah. it's interesting. I've had patients use, uh, like many of you, oh, I'm doing the eye program every day faithfully and I haven't had any change. And I inquire, are you doing the stress program? When they add the stress program, that's when they get an improvement of their vision. Because remember, uh, the body will not heal if it's in a stressful state. And if you do have anxiety and uh, you're in that stress state, your body will not heal. So yeah. I, I don't program, feel, I don't do feel, you, yeah, I don't feel stressed, but I just thought I'd ask, maybe it might be something good to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely be something good to do. Highly recommend it. Okay. Thank a lot you. Of good, a lot of good questions. Thank you for your questions. Dr. Condra? Uh, Mark, is that you? Yeah. I was just wondering on that last topic, um, does the stress program reduce inflammation? Um, well, any microcurrent signal going into your body will help reduce inflammation, the low frequencies the studies have shown. But the stress program but is the stress more, more geared to the autonomic nervous system. I guess you could say it reduces inflammation and balances the autonomic nervous system. So it's not specific to the eyes? No, the stress program is more specific to uh, the autonomic nervous system. Okay. Oh, here's a good question. Coming up on three months, with your program, and that's a critical time. Uh, what I do recommend is that you do see your eye doctor and get a report, and then uh, we do a follow-up consultation. And I evaluate the records. We see if there's been a change in your vision. And uh, sometimes the doctor will say the cataracts are worse, but you feel your vision's better. And I've seen that. Um, you know, our goal is to improve your vision, not to improve a lab value or, you know, an area of your retina that has swelling. If your vision's improving, you know, I have cataracts in both my eyes. And every time I go to the eye doctor, they joke with me, hey, Dr. Condrod, you better get these removed. They're getting worse. Hey, but I'm fine. I'm driving. Yeah, I may have a little bit of trouble driving at night, but I'm functioning fine. And I don't need them. My vision, I think, is good. Is 
so our, our next meeting will be the third um, Saturday of the month and also the third Sunday of the month we have our prayer meeting. Many of you have joined that meeting. Uh, uh, we're going to be having that. So if you do have a topic for me or something of interest, you want me to go into a little bit more detail, I'd be happy to uh, have that discussion. So if there's no other questions, um, I want to thank everybody for joining the meeting and have a have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Condit. Okay. Thank you. Take care, everybody.